Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz aren't getting any more help. Yeah, that's not true. They didn't get any help last night. How about that? Maybe the Phoenix Suns will lose a game to the San Antonio Spurs, although I'm having a hard time finding the Spurs' motivation. The race for the one seed in the West is still not clear. Here we sit on a Friday morning. Three days left in the regular season. And it's just not clear who's going to get that one seed. The Jazz are one game in front of the Suns, and the Suns have the tiebreaker. Two games left in the season for both these teams. The Suns nearly blew it and lost to Portland. It was a tight game most of the way. The Suns opened up a lead late in the third quarter, and then Portland came right back and closed it down. Damian Lillard had 24 of his 41 points in the fourth quarter. He got rolling. And they came back, and they took the lead, and even and then it just got weird at the end of the game. I, I don't even know how to tell you how many weird things happened in the game. If you just go to the final 10 seconds, <laughs> just do that. Devin Booker's bringing the ball of court, and he gets the ball, and Carmelo Anthony's there, and he tries to spin away, and, our, and Anthony reaches for the ball. And Booker clearly picks it up and has both hands and takes a step. And then and he's been dribbling. And then he starts dribbling again, and the ref's called double dribbles. But he says, well, the ball was deflected. Carmelo got a piece of it. You know, it was, like, it was a game-winning defensive play for Carmelo Anthony. Not a phrase you hear a lot in the NBA. Twitter duly noted that, trust me. Uh, and so they had to foul, and the Blazers, Covington missed two free throws. Oops! Oops! They're up one. Would have put them up three. Then all you got to do is defend the three-point line, right? Five seconds left. So now you got to defend the whole floor. And Norman Powell reaches in and hits Booker on the elbow. Now, if you haven't seen it, it was the definition of ticky-tack. But for all of you who say a foul is a foul and the rules are the rules and it shouldn't change in the final seconds, well, it was a foul. He did make contact. It was so little contact. I mean, I've seen literally 100,000 fouls that were worse than that, be no calls. And they called this one. And so, of course, Booker, who's shooting the ball really poorly, I think he's like 5 of 17, but he was 6 of 6 at the line. He stepped up. He made two free throws. He finished 8 of 8 at the line. Suns had the lead. Portland had two and a half seconds to get off a desperation shot. They got a C.J. McCollum at half court, and he missed. I think it was late anyway. didn't matter. didn't go in. So the Suns escape. They get the W, and they move within a game of the Jazz. Two games to go. The Suns finish up back-to-back Saturday and Sunday at San Antonio. Spurs lost. Spurs are going to be 10. They're going to open the playoffs on the road. They're going to have to win. Then they're going to have to go win on the road again to get into the main draw. Doesn't seem likely. Don't know what the Spurs' motivation is. Suns ought to win these two games, which leads up to the Jazz. They have to win their last two games. Now, they play in Oklahoma City tonight. Lou Dort's already been ruled out. Lou Dort is out. And he's the best player that they got. He's the guy. He went for 42, I think, against the Jazz here. Uh, undrafted guy out of Arizona State. And he carving a nice niche for himself in the NBA. Uh, he was good in the bubble. And uh, and he's been better this year. But Oklahoma City's undergoing a major rebuild. So he's like, you know, bright star in a dumpster fire. What can that? I think I'm mixing my metaphors there. Uh, so no Lou Dort. Now, Mike Conley is questionable. So you're saying there's a chance. Now they could still wave him off. You know, how does he feel as he warms up? And so maybe he goes, maybe he doesn't. But he's getting closer. And don't have a setback. 
Do not have a setback. <laughs> Got to be ready for the playoffs. I do think as an aside, and we can get into this in the offseason, we've got the whole end of the regular season, the playoffs to consider. I do think you have to look at Mike Conley going forward as a 50 or 60 game player. You know, are the Jazz going to re-sign him? Uh, it seems like there's a decent chance that now you got to hash out the numbers, and I don't have any info on where that sits or where that's going or how that'll work, but I think... Um, you know, he'll have other suitors. He's still playing at a high level. But I just think not playing the back-to-backs has been a good idea. Um, he's had to miss games both years in Utah because of hamstrings. You know, he's in his 30s, trending now really towards his mid-30s. So I don't see that they're going to be better. So I think you're just going to have to accept he's going to miss back-to-backs. He's going to get hurt. And, you know, an 82-game schedule, just missing back-to-backs, We'll take you down below 70 games, get you down around 65. And then if you have any injuries at all beyond that, now, you know, are you out 5, 10, 15 games? Because that takes you down to 60, 55, 50 games. So we'll have to, you know, worry about that in the summer when he gets there. Just think that's something to file away and think about. I think that's a trend that's establishing himself. Hopefully he's back and he gets to play a couple games and be ready for the playoffs. But he's got to be healthy for the playoffs. That's the first priority. So Jazz and Thunder tonight. Jazz ought to win that. Without, I mean, Oklahoma City's terrible with Lou Dort. Without him, I can't imagine how toothless they are. So the Jazz ought to roll here. It's going to come down to, can the Jazz beat the Kings? They blew out the Kings the last time they played Sacramento. Had that 154-point game. But Sacramento has played with some pride down the stretch. Won some games. They'll have nothing to play for. It's the last game before they're done because they're eliminated now. And they could just pack it in, and it could be easy. They could also decide, hey, let's play spoiler one last time and come out with a good game and get after the Jazz. Really intriguing. I'm skipping right over tonight's game. I figure the Jazz are going to roll in this thing. But Sunday, don't know. Don't know. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. Come back. We've got uh, Joe Ingles and Craig Bowlerjack coming up. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Join us late in Thursday's show. Here's Bowler. It's time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. <laughs> How's the golf game this morning? Four! <laughs> That's the way I like to play. <laughs> Heads up, man. Heads up. It takes a lot of balls to play golf like Craig sure Bullock. <laughs> I'm I'm probably good for at least six six lost ones. It depends on the course. But I just yeah. And then you just kinda get in a mode where you don't even worry about walking out to try to find it because everyone's saying, Come on, man, hurry up out there. Yeah, I think that's an important aspect of golf. A lot of people don't necessarily care how you play, but they care how fast you play. Fast you play. Let's keep yeah. it going. Let's drop keep it, it going. and hit another one. Yes, yeah. yes. And don't one thing that drives me nuts is you see all four people over there in the woods or the rough or whatever it may be. <laughs> no. One or two, the other two play. Two. You don't need yeah. all four. You don't need a search party. No, no, no. Yeah. I like the, yeah. I like the two and two. Yeah, the yeah. person who lost it needs some moral support and a little help. Need a little different angle. You might see the ball if it's kind of obscured yeah. and something. But the other two just like hit the going. shot. So when you finally find it or you drop one, you don't have to wait for three people to hit the ball. Right. Believe me, that'll drive me nuts. Yeah, think, and after like after it. you hit, go swap out with the person who's helping. Right. Keep it moving. I think you ought to have like a thirty-second rule, and then you air horn the guy. 
<laughs> or, or, or a woman and say, no, oh, you know, enough time, time. Exactly. Go Don't on. hit me with the air horn of shame. I'm dropping. I'm dropping. <laughs> Keep going. Keep moving. I'm not, and I'm coming from the perspective of 10 years in the Los Angeles area where literally, no joke, no joke, six hours to play a round of golf. And wow. all our listeners who have come up from the Southern California area are now nodding their head saying, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Are and you they walking would say, or are you driving? No, you're, you're riding, but they send out fivesomes. And, and, it's oh. just, and there's so many people who, uh, who love to play golf and so few golf courses, and they sent out fivesomes, and you'd come on a tee, and there'd be a group hitting, a group waiting, and then you, so you'd be in the hole, basically. Don't and you, it'd be like every, like every drive to San Diego or Ojai or something, like get away from it a little bit? Yeah, well, it's hard to do on a Tuesday. Yeah, okay, you got me there. <laughs> but if I you got six I, hours, just, of course, if it's just, two hours to get to Ojai or yeah. three. I just say that when a, a you know marshal comes out saying you guys got a problem out here, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys want to play through. If you don't do something, we're gonna have to move you behind them. Okay, whatever you got to do. Yeah, I had a friend when uh, I was just learning in my 20s in Santa Barbara. I'd wrecked my knee, and I never played before that. And one thing he drilled into me early on, we're playing hurry-up golf here. This isn't the PGA Tour. Right. I don't care who has honors. You're ready to putt. I'm not ready to putt. Hit it. And no weekend amateur on the green should go to the opposite side of the hole and get down in a catcher's crouch. To oh, read yeah, the to green. read the break? No. To you read can't the break. read anyway? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'll let you do it behind your ball, but don't go to the other side of the hole and do it unless there's nobody around. Then you can do whatever you want. And there's a five-some or four-some about yeah. 130 right. yards out. Right, waiting. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they're going, yes. what are you guys doing up there? Right, get and you freaking four, And you four-putt. And you four-putt, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, Bowler, now that we fixed the sport of golf, let's fix the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Is it do? as simple as getting Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley healthy and back on the floor? Because now no. it looks like they're scouted. And oh, yeah. the defenders on the other team are playing off guys who they don't think can shoot, and it turns out they're probably right. It's making it harder for guys to drive, and it just seems like there's no rhythm to the offense and everything's gummed up. Yeah, that was kind of the topic of the night after the game. Uh, Locke and I kind of are the last ones uh, to lock the door sometimes just talking, but I think there's a, a couple of things. Fatigue comes into play mentally, physically, both, really. I think with 70 games in and the way these games have come fast and furious, absolutely. And second, to your point, you're missing two all-stars. You miss your backcourt. You, you really couldn't pair up fairly last night uh, with a Damian Lillard and a C.J. McCollum, who are really uh, – we've watched them for years, and it's the same story. Game after game, you know, year after year – Either one or both are on. They've, they've kind of shut down Dame in the first two games, if you want to say, you know, limiting him to 16 points, but he went off last night. So did C.J. McCollum. Uh, and it, it, it's, let's be honest, look, there's no excuses in the Jazz camp. I mean, that's what Quinn will always tell you in a post-game interview. Enough depth to play on. There's no time to be tired. Yeah, we've heard that. But, you know, we're at that point where you have two games left. And – you know, really, the Suns must be talking the same talk because they've lost two straight. They, by the way, 
lost to Golden State after the Jazz lost to, to Steph Curry. And tonight, how crazy, they play uh, the Phoenix Suns, or pardon me, they play the Portland Trailblazers uh, like the Jazz did last night. Both teams have lost two in a row, so there's still a two-game spread with two to play. So obviously all eyes on what, what Portland is going to be able to do against Phoenix. But I think to your other point, DJ, the scouting, it was talked about in the post game. And I think it's spot on that after a while, when you don't have Donovan and Mike, you basically know who the Jazz have and what the offense will be. And did you notice last night they left Trent Forrest, the rookie, all by himself multiple times mm-hmm. in the corner, and the shot wouldn't drop. And a lot of pressure for a young guy to say, okay, ball's in my hand, tight game. What are we going to do? And they just said, all right, if you're going to beat us, go do it. And, you know, look, Terry, Terry Stotts has been around a long time, but the, the game planning doesn't take a lot of thought. I mean, they know with Mike and Donovan out who the Jazz are. They watch the Golden State game. They know how to, how to do this. And I think that, you know, the team understands that too. Um, you frustrate Bogdanovich. You'd had eight straight games of 20 or more, but last night off, they crowded the three-point line. They were physical. Uh, and also, you know, guard lines that have speed. Again, it goes back to the Jazz. Can you get back in transition? And I think all those things we just talked about have been a big part of, you know, where the Jazz been in the last, well, it's been a month, man. Was it April 16th? What today is the 13th? So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a month uh, since the Jazz have had Donovan. He's missed now 14. That's amazing, isn't it? When you break it down, 14, Mike's missed nine. And we'll see. We know that the missile's not coming back until the postseason. Uh, Mike Conley, we've not heard uh, whether he returns to the final two games or one game to try to, you know, maybe knock the rust off a bit. So you just made a statement there that makes me wonder. You said we know that Donovan Mitchell's not returning until the postseason. So that gives me a line of encouragement that we do know he's returning for the postseason because. Well, let's just say I, I should I should uh, say this, PK, and in your interviewing skills, yes, I've got a clarif- clarification, please, um, <laughs> because we know he's going to be reevaluated, and the statement was that he would miss the remainder of the regular season. Now, all I can say is from my eyes last night prior uh, to the game, for the first time I saw Donovan and Mike both on the floor, and to me that's a huge step ahead in the sense of taking some shots, uh, you know, had your had your shoes on, your Don issue fours, whatever you may have, and Conley both around shooting. So that, to me, is a, is a direction, a step in the right direction. But again, to clarify, look, I know what you know, and that is the remainder of the season, which was now, it was three games, now two, they don't, they won't see Donovan. Uh, Mike Conley has not been put in that in that category or in that sentence. So again, his status is still unknown. But I think there has to be some hope they're making progress. So when you say you saw him with the shoes on, you're talking about like 90 minutes or two hours before a game. They went yeah. out, got yeah. shots up, and we're moving right. a little bit enough maybe to break a sweat, but not yes. anything crazy. Yes. Yeah, and I think again that's the that's the first step to say look you can lace them up and get back and and just get some, you know, there wasn't hard work going on, but it's a step. And I've seen that. We've all seen it multiple times. It's how players have to, you know, work their way back in the three on threes, the five on fives, but you get on the floor, you test it, you do break a sweat. 
And, you know, I was just glad to see both players out of street clothes. Um, and that's, to me, is a positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's 100% positive because that means they're the most definitely working toward the return when it counts the most, and that's uh, when the postseason gets started uh, next week. So that, that I think I asked you that last week or the week before. It's probably last week if you had seen that because – that's uh, traditional when you go to the arena and you're there, if it's a 7 o'clock start and you're there by 5 or so, that's when you see rehab guys right. doing their thing. And last week you said you hadn't, so I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a significant development. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, you know, in my experience, once you see a player in, in, in a warm-up or, you know, at least shoes on and he's got the ball in his hand, it's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Who, who's missed a month of the season and, and Mike's been over two weeks. So, you know, the Jazz have a plan. They're going to try to hold on to this one seed. The two games on the road starts tomorrow night, uh, you know, in Oklahoma City. And then you play Sacramento, who actually has played fairly well of late. But again, you know, on paper, you would say to yourself, well, both these teams have nothing to play for. I get it. But it's the NBA – First and foremost, there's still some pride. Second, and also third, and maybe the most important, players and agents understand this is the time to show that you still have, well, the want and desire. And also, if a contract needs to be signed or you're, as Jerry Sloan always says, said, uh, you're auditioning for 29 other teams around the league. So that always plays in. And you have to be prepared because, look, every team's been stung before but this is not the time to get to get stung uh, I can't tell you who the Jazz will play in the first round I'm still looking at the math and it's an amazing run to the finish I, I, I'm guessing fans like it players may not but a lot of fans are still engaged in what's going on here with this playoff it's the same in the east but man you've got the Blazers and Mavericks 5-6 uh the Lakers bailed out last night and, and barely beat Houston, by the way. So they still stay at the seven, and Golden State may just be at the eight along with – well, Memphis is a game, a half a game out. So you could maybe see a flip there at eight and nine. But the play-in games will still be really intriguing to see how this works out um, and who the Jazz actually have in round one. If they can hang on to the one seed, obviously, obviously it's one-eight. If the Lakers stay at seven, how about that Phoenix Lakers matchup? I mean, that's there's gonna be a couple of good teams that are knocked out in round one. I'm just curious how much the one seed really matters. I get you want it, and it's it's yeah. certainly symbolic, and it sounds good, and you've had it for so long, you don't want to give it away. So that's right. all there. I'm just not convinced the Jazz and Suns are going to meet in the Commerce Finals, so it's not going to matter who has home court advantage. Maybe it's more important for which side of the bracket you go in and which teams are there, but we still don't know which we side know. the Lakers are going to go in. It looks like the Clippers, you know, if the Jazz are one, the Clippers and Suns go to the other side, and maybe the Lakers go with them. So that would seem that would seem to be the reason to root for the one right now. I mean, yeah. the the Suns are not rolling into the playoffs here. No, great. No, they've lost two straight. I'm looking at the Clippers, who have a game lead on Denver, and then you have the the Portland Trailblazers have the tiebreaker on Dallas, but still sitting at five and six, even uh, record wise. So, pardon me, even for the Clippers, guys, you don't even know who your number six opponent is. The Lakers could actually 
you know, jump uh, past Dallas. But, you know, that's what's so intriguing. You may not know until Sunday afternoon exactly, you know, how the the top six will be. And then, of course, the play-in games are still being jockeyed for 7, 8, 9, and 10. And then you know, what are those matchups, right, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? So, I don't know. I, I kind of find it intriguing others I, I you know i heard said look you ought to just play the 72 games and and say hey one through eight go but i think the league's just trying to keep teams honest keep players on the floor do what they do is entertain the fans and the money you pay for a ticket is part of the equation here so it's kind of intriguing to see it see it in action as it was last year in the bubble and you know i remember damian lillard last year said look man if i don't have a chance to get in the playoffs forget it you know what happened? He was the MVP in the bubble last year. And, you know, the play-in games, you know, I thought were pretty intriguing. We'll see if it sticks. But I think for right now, the NBA is pretty much sold on it. I'm actually looking forward to the actual games more so. This thing is kind of dragging on a little bit, like the end of a regular season tends to do. And I agree that there's been more of an emphasis and an added uh, incentive and all that. But it's the games themselves when we get to Tuesday night that I'm looking forward to turning on the television yeah. because this is it's still in its baby stages, even though it was there last year, to where, to me, it's still fresh. So when they get out on the floor and play the game, that, to me, is the most intriguing of the whole deal. Other part of it, too, PK, is that the bubble had no fans. Now, as they begin to trickle back in, what does the home court really mean, right? Uh, that was something that was talked about in depth last year as the, these these teams just had to play one another and basically silence. Yeah, you had some virtual fans tuned in, but, you know, it's still not the same of having, you know, your, the emotion of the moment, and we'll see how that plays out too and, and these play-in games and in the postseason. The Jazz, I tell you, the last two or three home games since they've opened it up, opened it up another thousand or so, you can I can tell the difference in just the uh, energy in the building. And it was a little flat last night because I don't think the Jazz. Well, I know the Jazz never found that rhythm, that um, it's kind of their ID of working working the pass, the extra pass. Uh, they had trouble with some physicality of of the defense of Portland last night and. You know, Bogey had a rough one after playing incredibly well and was is a reigning player of the week in the NBA. But, uh, you know, Bogey gets stuffed a bit, and Joe, I thought, did all he could. I'm just looking here. You know, he's been running the show. He had 14 last night. But, you know, Royce is more of a defender. He was worn out just trying to slow down the backcourt of Lillard and McCollum. And uh, Gobert, of course, had his own one-on-one with Nurkic last night. But, Carmelo, I thought, was a difference maker. You know, he's going to be, what, 30, 37 in a couple of weeks. And he, I thought he hurt the Jazz in a big way coming off the bench. He looked fresh. He didn't play uh, the game prior against Houston. And he, you could tell he, he, he was fresh and, and looked, looked like uh, he had turned the clock back a bit. Bowler, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Well, I'm glad to warm up the stage, tell Joe to take the mic, and, uh, you know, Let's, let's hear it. I'll be tuning in. Well, we gotta we got to sell some uh, prime rib here uh, in between. We can't rush right into the next show. You know how it is. The house uh, has got to yeah. make some money. Got to make some money. Sell some food, well, sell some drinks, that kind of stuff. Tell Joe, play on. And, 
at that three. No. Okay. Or actually, we're going to tell him to play through. <laughs> play through. <laughs> Wrap it all up. Wrap there it up, is. man. Let's go. <laughs> play through. These guys want to – come on, man. You're slowing us down. Yeah. <laughs> Drop say, one. Hit it. Joe, Thanks, Bowler. Does Joe play golf? Does Joe play golf? I don't think he does. No, I, I brought it does. up to him one time. Okay. Well, maybe he's smarter than we all are. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Thanks. See ya. Thanks, Bowler. This is Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz. When we come back, Joe Ingles, stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles joined us in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday. So we're going to replay it for you early risers now. Um, he took some of the questions right out of our mouths. I was going to ask him about getting picked up full court. He went right to that, kind of answered that without being asked. Um, technical fouls, Royce O'Neal. Um, this whole playing thing and what he thinks of it. Tons of ground to cover with Joe. Any references to last night? Well, we talked to him yesterday, but you get what he's getting at. Um, you know, the, the loss to the Blazers right at the end. Here's Joe Ingles with PK and I. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Joe, you're breaking up. I don't know how you are. I can't go on until I know how you are. <laughs> yeah. He's there. He's good. All right. So I'm curious, uh, we, we heard Donovan was out uh, uh, shooting around, breaking a little bit of a sweat before the, uh, before the game with the Blazers, which I guess is a good sign on the road to recover. And I'm just wondering, do you ever look at him and say, would you hurry up and get back out here? I want my normal rollback. I want balance in the universe. You ever drop, um, any, any, drop any of that on him? Yeah. I mean, when I'm getting, <laughs> when I'm getting pressured full court for the right. whole game, um, there are the times that I'm like, I wish someone was one of those two was one of them was out there with me. Um, but obviously, health is 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 first and foremost, and they need to both not just Donovan, Mike as well, both need to be um, 100% healthy or as, as close to obviously with this kind of time of the year um, before heading into the playoffs. Um, would I? appreciate and like to play with one of them again or both of them like absolutely because it makes my job so much easier um like i said we've got said it before we've got one of the best if not the best healthcare performance team in the in the league and that, that i've been with anyway in, in my career too so um you just got to kind of trust the process with them a little bit and um let them let them get back when they're healthy I'm wondering to me, as it seems like this season is just dragging on and it's like, get to the playoffs already. And it sort of reminds me of like the last few games before the all-star break. And you've had a long stretch of games, travel, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, get to the all-star break and we'll regroup. Is that a fair assessment to where you guys might be not only physically, but mentally? Um, yeah. I mean, I think a little bit, I, we haven't sat in the locker room and talked about it or it hasn't kind of come up with our guys tired or, or mentally kind of fatigued or, or whatever. Um, I think a bit of it is, is just, it is kind of what it is really. Like it, we all, I mean, we knew however long ago we were going to be in the playoffs. Did we know, yeah, we're going to be pretty high up on the ladder um, uh, somewhere in, in that. Well, I guess when we get to that playoff stage, um, and I think with, I mean, like you said, with the injuries too, you throw them in and, and a few of us have been playing a bit more or different roles um, a little bit. And it's, 
some days it's a bit more of a grind. Um, but, like, I mean, it is what it is. The schedule is what it is. And um, we just got to go out and, and finish these two games off, I think, like I've said all, all year and, and especially to you guys, like we've, we've wanted to just keep getting better and better each game. And we've never talked about being number one or two or three or four or, or, or trying to do this or someone's averaging this. It's just been about getting better each game. And um, we've hit some, some, some games that we, we haven't played well and we've, we've been able to kind of turn around and fix those things. So um, it's no different with, with these next two games. We've got, I think, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident. I think they're both out of the playoffs regardless of these OKC and Sacramento. And for those guys, it's, it's playing for, for contracts or pride or the, the coach is still trying to push them, um, that development side of things. So we still know that they're going to be two, uh, two tough games. And, and for us, it's about, like I said, getting ready for the, the playoffs and um, yeah, just, just keeping that momentum going going forward. So I'm curious what you can say to uh, some of the younger players who are in a spot that you were in a few years ago with the Jazz where you're on the team, but you're not sure how much everybody loves you or how long you're going to be on the team. You're playing either a little bit or maybe you're not even sure if you're playing and it varies night to night, and then you have a rough game. I would think that would just be brutal as you got the dream and you're trying to, and you're laughing because it is brutal and you were in it. And what can you say to a guy who's, you know, coming off a one for nine night and you're looking at him like, you, you may not believe this dude, but I feel your pain. Been there, done that. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, um, I mean, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's everybody on our rosters, um, earned their way onto the roster, whether it be drafted or free agency or whatever, however they got there. Um, and the, the, the like getting on the, it might sound silly, but like getting on the roster is probably the easier part, but then actually getting on the court and being consistent and playing consistent minutes and having a role or, or whatever it is, is, is the hard part really. Um, you've, especially, especially when you're on the number one or two, top two or three, whatever, however number, how many teams you want to put in that category. But when you're in that top echelon of teams, it's, it's hard to get out there. Um, we're a deep team. We've we've obviously proved that. We've we've been able to put guys in um, at different times through injury, and guys have played well. Maybe they they play bad. Maybe it's one of us that plays bad. Like whatever the reason is. Um, but it's a it's a tough situation. You've got to you've got to kind of I don't want to quote John Bead, but like trust the process a little bit of. Um, like the work you're putting in every day and, and the coaches see that. The coaches know what you're doing. Um, you want to obviously get an opportunity and try and take advantage of the opportunity. Sometimes it's hard at the end of a game, you might get two minutes and they've, like I think last night we put four, four or five, the, the bench in there at the end. And um, it's, it's, I mean, I think, and then Paul has still had their starters in. So they're playing against Dame and these guys. Um, so it's a, it's a tough situation. And, um, I don't think so I, don't, I, would, I would I don't know from inside, but I would strongly believe that uh, management isn't judging or, or making any assumptions on these guys from a, a minute at the end of a game. It's it's the the work over the course of a the season. They, they they see the guys getting in there and um, putting in their extra work, getting extra shots up, getting an extra lift in. Um, when that opportunity comes, 
to play with the rotation players, being ready to, to do that and, and contributing. And like you said, I mean, you go one for like, they're, they're not getting um, black mark or tick or, or whatever it is on, on what they shoot from the, the field. It's the, the work that they have to put in. And um, it's frustrating at times because you, you could go a whole year without really playing meaningful minutes. And this year, even, even tougher without the G League because they would usually... Um, a lot of our guys would have been with the G League for, for a lot of the season and then obviously coming up and down um, the two ways and, and some of our G League guys would have been with us probably at this point of the year with um, the, the season finishing with the G League. So um, it's tough. You, you, you've got to almost put your head down, bum up and just, just keep going to work every day and, and, and when that opportunity comes, try and take advantage of it. So you played the Nuggets the other night, and I was glad you beat them because the number one reason for me is that Austin Rivers really, really bugs me. He acts like he's got a ton of street cred, and he grew up rich. Does he bug you the way he bugs me? <laughs> well, I mean, my honest opinion is I don't really have much thought or concern for Austin Rivers or, or anyone else on that team or anyone else on any other team. Um, my thoughts and my care and my all, all that is put into my team and, and my coaching staff and my family and um, yeah I mean there's there's guys that hit a couple of shots and might act a little bit different and then you see the box score the next night they're over <laughs> 8 or something it's pretty funny at times but um, no I don't like it just doesn't at the heat of the moment in the game if someone's doing something to try and show us up or, or not even be disrespectful, but like just just trying to do a bit extra than what they normally do. I, I have no problem saying something to to, to these people, but um, nah, I I have zero concern or or effort or anything to to other people that aren't, aren't on my roster. Well, he bugs me. <laughs> I don't know. Next time, when you do. Next time, next time you're allowed uh, when it gets back to normal, and you guys are actually allowed at shoot around. I want you to go to shoot around, and I want you to tell Austin Rivers that he really bugs. Yeah, okay, I will. All right, I'll be waiting for it. All right. Speaking of saying things, I don't know if if Royce O'Neal is your best friend on the team. Uh, but he's a good friend on the team, Joe, because I'm pretty sure he saved you some money in that Blazer game. In the first half, you went to the hoop, and you thought you got fouled, and you were not going to have a discussion with the referee. You were going to unload on him. And I saw it was a tight shot on TV, so we couldn't see a lot of what was going on the court as the play was ending. It was a timeout. I think people were going back to the bench. All of a sudden, I see Royce's shoulder, and then all of Royce slide between you and the ref. <laughs> How much did he calm you down in that moment? How much did you think, oh, yeah, Renee's going to be mad if I get another T? Oh, it's funny because I got a T uh, a few games ago, a couple games ago. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one it was. Um, and Renee was at the game, and I was walking off. And obviously, I know where she sits. She sat in the same seat for seven years now or whatever. Um, and I like looked up real quick, and she was shaking her head at me. This <laughs> 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 is pretty funny. Um no, I think, I mean, I think I, Royce, uh, I'll buy him a, uh, a soda or a sparkling water or something today on the voice <laughs> when we take off today. Um, but no, I still got my, the, the verbal part of what I needed to say out. I just wasn't <laughs> able to get any closer to him than, uh, 
So maybe it did, did uh, save me some money, but uh, he maybe didn't hear me from as closely. But um, even Dane was like, did you just to the like, did you just not hear what he said to you? And I was like, no, no, I was talking to myself. I wasn't talking to referees. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Good one. <laughs> nice, good. Uh, no, good, I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'm done with that. I'm, as of I woke up this morning and had a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a at peace moment, and I'm not gonna talk to the referees and, and anymore. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> good one, Joe. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm focusing on my team. I'm gonna help the young guys. When Trent's out there, I'm gonna use the timeout to help help Trent or whoever's out there. Um, watch. Just. Next week, Wingles, come to Jesus moment, right? <laughs> well, Joe, I've I've always felt like you to, uh... told us. I've always felt like you told us as much of the truth as you possibly could. There's some things you're not allowed to say, even if you believe them, and we all get that. But right now, there's no chance. Yeah, no I'm one's buying this. it, Joe. I'm not buying I'm it. No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> clip and save, I Jake. Clip I and save. I decided that. I decided that it. I mean, it's nine twenty or nine nineteen. I decided that that was what I'm going to do. So that's uh, that's it. all right. Well, next week, whatever day I don't know what the date is. In seven days' time, when I speak to you guys again, and everyone, everybody's watching, and you guys watch the game, and you'll be like, "Man, you were telling the truth. You really didn't." <laughs> I'm talking about like getting teased, yelling at them, putting like I'm gonna. If I speak to them, there's, there's always time to speak to them because they. There's things that need to be said at times, but I'll say it in the right <laughs> way, and I'll say it with the correct, the correct tone, and I'll put my nicest Australian accent on, and we'll, uh, <laughs> and I'll keep it moving. I'm going to focus on my team, and myself, and my young guys, and that's it. I wish we were allowed in the team facility right now because I would go pull 100 people, Uh-oh. and I think it'd be 100 to nothing that they'd be with PK and I, and nobody'd be with you. All right, well, I'll prove <laughs> you along. If you were allowed to put a little wager, we'll put a uh, we'll put a lunch on it. How about that? <laughs> no, I think what it is is that they must have some citizenship award that they give, and Joe wants to win it now. Maybe he get a couple couple a couple extra hundred bucks or something. Just don't send the uh, voice clip of this to Quinn because he'll hold me to it as well. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Uh. Uh. I'm wondering, there's been a lot of talk on this play-in stuff with uh, Cuban came out against it. I think Doncic, LeBron, the spokesman for the league, he came out against it. I don't know how much you've paid attention, but have you noticed any increased intensity at the end of the stretch of the season because of this play-in? Yeah, I mean, I think it. Um, I honestly, I don't watch too many other teams or games, so I don't know exactly where everyone is or who's exactly fighting for what um, at this point. But I think, like looking at it, whatever in the preseason when they announced it, I think it definitely um, gets rid of some of the obvious uh, resting of players or whatever it may be. Because I think um, if you're a team that's around that, whatever it is, like 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 even, um, and you've got a chance, like you, you're going to put everything into to finishing as high as you can. Um, like finishing 14th doesn't really get you anything. Finishing 11th, like, you've, but if you can get into the into the play-in and you're in the playoffs and then you, like, who knows, you might get a matchup that you, that you feel really confident about. Um, or you might be the the eighth seed that beats the 
the seventh or whatever the thing is, and then you your seventh seed matchup is better for you than um, what the eighth seed might have been or, or the number one seed, um, depending on who you're playing. So I think it, um, yeah, I think it it definitely helps. I think like would I say the same thing if we were in ninth and or seventh or eighth or whatever and playing in for it? Like maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe it's a bit more frustrating because um, I do. On the flip side of that, I do see the point of like there's 72 games, 82 games, whatever we play a year. And if you're five, six, seven, eight games ahead of the ninth and tenth seeds, is it completely fair that you should be still playing off when you clearly have been a better team in the regular season? Like that's the where where it gets a bit 50 50. Um, but it is what it is. I think. They, they, I think someone said the ratings and, and people loved it in the in the bubble, um, and obviously the bubble and Orlando was a bit of a different experience last year. But I think um, everybody loved that. I, I like I'll watch the games. I, I think it'd be cool to watch. Like you, you're watching the nine and ten team playing off. Um, it's one game, and same with the seventh and eighth. And then if the tenth team ends up playing the seventh team and they win, like it would be, it'd be cool to watch. Um, again, probably not cool if you are that 7th, 8th team and you're struggling or, or you're not playing well or you've got some guys out with injuries or COVID or whatever it is um, and you end up potentially losing. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, I understand both sides of, of people's arguments um, about it with the, the seedings or, or your matchups, but... Um, the funny part is that none of the players really get to make decisions. So we just do what we're told. So um, if you're in there, you're in there. If you're not, um, you get ready. I mean, the other part is being first, second seed. You can't. You obviously can't uh, prepare too much for your uh, for your series. So our our coaching staff will be preparing for four teams um, up until obviously the day of the game or. or right after post that that last game. All right, we know you got to run, Joe. I'm just curious, have you seen the video from the TV broadcast when you passed up an open three against the Blazers and Quinn, like, flinched and recoiled in horror? When did I pass up an open three? In the the Blazer game. It's on my Twitter. Well, I know that, but I played bloody 32 minutes, mate. Uh, I think it was (laughs) – you were shooting in front of the Jazz bench. It was – it might have been second quarter, I think. Is it when – Someone went under the pick and roll, I think. Yeah, you were on the far side from the bench, and and you exchanged. It wasn't a true screen. You just kind of – whoever was dribbling, and they dribbled away from the Jazz bench. You ran towards the Jazz bench. They threw you the ball. You had it open. For some reason, you hitched, and then the defender closed down on you, and you shot a step back three. Oh, and, I do remember that now. That you yeah, that and you've got to see you got to see the video of Quinn. <laughs> it's clear as day; like he just like spins and sits down and flinches. He was in physical pain watching you pass up that three. You got to see the. No, video. I mean I. Yeah. I obviously, I can't remember the exact like what happened, but obviously didn't catch the ball properly, or yeah, I don't know. Maybe I thought I was going to drive it or something, but um, I think I've done a pretty good job of shooting when I've been open. Um, obviously not on that one. <laughs> obviously not for, for that one for Quinn. But, um, no, it's been um, one of those things. It's 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 been the, – the truth, too, is it's been very different. The shots I've been getting as a starting point guard instead of as a 
sixth, seventh man off the bench with the the style of, of play, a lot more off the dribble threes, a lot more off the dribble and pick and roll threes, early in the clock threes, um, which I'm not complaining about at all. Uh, but it's just a, a very different variety of shots. So it's been been a learning experience for me to, to play full-time point guard in the NBA for, I don't even know what it's been now, a couple of weeks maybe. Um, so I've learned, I mean, I've learned a lot. I think I've done a reasonable job. I think I've played some, some really bad games or bad situations, but um, I think for me and for the team, it'll it'll be good in the long run. Um, me being able to play these minutes that if something does happen again or we're out or foul trouble or someone's injured or knock on wood, whatever happens, um, I've played pretty heavy heavy minutes at the point guard for, for a few weeks here leading into the playoffs. So, um it's been fun, but like I said, I'll be more than happy to have my, my point guards back. Yeah. Well, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes. We know you got to get tested. Thanks for joining us. Of course. No worries, guys. There is Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Stay with us.